Welcome to episode 237 of the Doctor Who Day, the Doctor Who Podcast. My name is David, and I'm here with my wife, Ginger. Hello. Hey, we're going to talk about the thankfully final episode of Horror of Fang Rock. <laughs> Very little horror, no fangs. No. And only a couple rocks. Yeah, the same rocks, I'm sure. Probably. Yes, we, um... Uh, get past the doctors being dramatic that he's locked the danger in with them now and uh, Reuben makes his way up to the light room um, he smiles his goofy smile and talks and Vince talks to him and then he walks up to Vince and electrocutes him um, doctor is still downstairs in the boiler room with Leela um, Leela has gone back inside to uh, feed the boiler, throw coal in the boiler. Um, and the doctor is talking about the alien and that it has uh, adapted to human form. Um, that's why it had examined, uh, like doing a post-mortem uh, on Ben, the first person that died. Uh, doctor is... Uh, considering how he can defeat them, Leela says to him, well, then, then she smiles and is very confident. She says, well, you'll defeat them because you're a Time Lord. And he, he wanders around the room a bit and ha- finds a power source, some type of a transmitter, like a distress beacon behind the boilers, which is probably the interruption in the circuit that's causing the light to keep going out is what he was getting to. The doctor says to, he sends Leela up to gather the rest of the humans and have them all go to the light room. She comes in, tells the um, Skinsale and Adelaide the, the news um, and that the alien is inside the lighthouse with them and they, they need to go to the, before she even says, I think, go to the light room. Adelaide screams and then faints right away. The doctor um, has gone up partly up the stairs to uh, Ruben's room and is looking around and finds uh, another bit of electronic uh, signaling device. But he has makes a dash for it when he hears Ruben coming. And Reuben enters the room and is looking around, and then they see an exterior shot that the doctor is hanging out the window off the ledge uh, to where it's like the Rutan had been, or the, the alien, excuse me, had been climbing up the building. So uh, Reuben heads to the crew room, and the doctor scampers back into mm. the room. Ruben comes in, finds him in the crew room, and Adelaide has come too. Um, she screams, and he electrocutes her. No more screaming. Skinsale and Leela um, make their way around the, the table and skirt around there and make a run for it, and they run up the stairs. They find the doctor on the staircase, and... Skinsale tells 
doctor was like, oh, it, it has Adelaide. And uh, the doctor tells Leela to go up to the light room, the lamp room, find the flare canisters, open them up, and sprinkle the powder down the stairs. And um, for skin sale to help help her. The doctor then sits on the stairs waiting for Reuben and confronts him and says, oh, it must be hard to keep on, maintain a human form. And Reuben speaks to him and says about no need to anymore. And he transforms himself, the green flashing, um, with the uh, image bleeding to the other, the, with the howl around effect that they used to use um, in first three Doctor episodes. Um, and then he transforms into a green glowy blob with the white tentacles. Zosh says, more comfy? <laughs> um, and he says, he remembers and he says, oh, it's Reuben the Rutan. They are the Rutan. And doctor says to ask, you know, what he's doing there. They have a conversation and says, um, he says, the doctor says, well, you know, you must have been, I guess you're losing the war to the Santarans, um, and taunts the Rutan a bit, and asks why come to Earth, and they say that they want to establish a power base to launch their final attack against the Santarans. Not that they were losing, but they were going to launch their final attack. They were strategically withdrawing on purpose. The doctor says, well, what about the, the inhabitants? Oh, they're primitive bipeds. And the doctor says, how? Oh, they say you're going to establish this base, but oh, you crashed. And you're sending a signal to for help. And the Rutan um, kind of tries to cover this up and says that, um, well, their mothership will, will be there. I'm sure that some of their, is sure that their um, signal has gotten through. The doctor then says, well, no, I found both of your transmitters. So they, um, yeah, they kind of, stop their conversation but the doctor gets up from the stairs and like leads it up the stairs and gets a, a match from skin sale and then as the rutan is coming closer up the stairs he throws the match lights the powder and there's a explosion that scares it away so the doctor uh, talks to Skinsale and Leela, and from the exterior of the lamp room, he brings in the, I assume it's the flare shooter that they had used earlier to try to signal the ship from crashing on the rocks. And uh, he tells them, empty your pockets and mine. And he stands right next to it, digging through his pockets and emptying other things, looking for, I'm not quite sure what but um, things they can use to 
uh, as weapons against it. The doctor says he needs to prepare for the Rutan spaceship because it probably is on its way. The doctor is planning and plotting and says he needs needs a strong lamp and a carbon crystal to focus it. And then he can disable the Rutan ship should it arrive. And Leela smiles and says, well, how about that? The big lamp behind you <laughs> from the lighthouse. So, but I still need something to focus it, a carbon crystal. And Skin Sale says, well, Palmerdale always had diamonds on him. It was his insurance or his security. Oh, but his body's in the crew room, so we'll have to make it downstairs past the past the creature and uh, to find him. So the doctor and Skinsale go down. And the doctor waits, keeps guard in the hallway while Skinsale looks through the pockets of the, um, the dead Palmerdale. And finally, finally, he finds the little pocket with the diamonds. <laughs> and um, then Skinsale gives them to the doctor and he spreads them out in his hand and finds a, a fairly large one. And the doctor heads up the stairs, but skin sails behind, and the rutan whips out a tentacle and electrocutes skin sail. So we're left with just the doctor and Leela up in the lamp room. The doctor runs up the stairs away from the rutan, dives, and then moves out of the way and tells Leela to fire and she fires a flare at the rutan. It's deflated on the stairs and dying. The doctor is set to work on the focusing the beam of the lamp when Leela goes down the stairs to gloat over the rutan dying. Um, and it slips back down the stairs she goes back up to talk to the doctor and he's not very happy with her celebrating over the death of the foe of the enemy like uh, she says well it's, it's normal to celebrate and says well I'll talk about the morality of that later I have to do this so the ship in case the ship comes and then they look up and there's a bright yellow fireball in the sky and the rutan ship is coming. The doctor sets the diamond in the light and uh, he says how the ray will attach to the carbon in the the uh, gravitational field of the ship and cause it to crash. Deactivate it and cause it to crash. And once he can, um, once it locks on, they'll have 117 seconds to leave. And so they run out of the lamp room, and the doctor tells Leela, don't look back, don't look back. He exits the, the boiler room out to the, to the rocks, and is calling after Leela, but she's uh, gone back to grab her knife. So they finally get back together, and they run out onto the rocks, and hide as the ship approaches, and the ship explodes. Leela um, looks back 
even though he told her not to, and she sees the flash of the exploding ship. She tells the doctor, just kill me now. <laughs> she's been blinded by the flash, and she says because she's now um, injured and feeble, and she's no use, and so he says, oh, it's just a flash. It'll clear up in a few minutes, so she blinks a lot. She starts to see a blurry image of the doctor, and then she's fine. But he says, oh, that's interesting. Is that something about just a change in pigmentation in this? And he tells her that her eyes have changed color. And so she asks what color, and she says, oh, they're blue now. And so they get in the TARDIS, and they dematerialize and leave. And it's one of the rare times when no one survives to say goodbye. I know. I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, good job saving the planet, but not any of the humans around you. <laughs> everybody dies. <laughs> Is that the horror of Fang Rock, that everybody dies? Pretty much. <laughs> so, I guess the um, the legend of the Beast of the Fang Rock or whatever will go on It'll probably because just continue because people are going to find this pile of bodies in the, find the in the lighthouse. <laughs> not only the three lighthouse keepers who were in the original tale that all all the lighthouse keepers had been killed by this beast, but there are three travelers as well, and then the um, the shipman Harker. So seven bodies. <laughs> Yep. Boy, racking them up. And a pile of goo that was Reuben the Rutan. Reuben the Rutan. <laughs> oh, I remember you, Reuben the Rutan. <laughs> the big green glowing ball of goo. Um. <laughs> there are just so many things that were wrong with this. Um, yeah. I, I did think that the, it was interesting that they used the howl round effect. Yes. When he changed from Reuben to the Rutan. That was kind of a nice change, I guess, um, we as a special effect. Yeah, we haven't seen that since the fourth Doctor took over because of the uh, opening of the Doctor Who changed with his arrival. And the last time we saw it, I think, was... Yeah, with the third Doctor's opening, part of it anyway, not as much as in that first and second, in the the title effect. Right. So, um, and actually, for it being a big green glowing ball of goo, that the ball itself, the model of the Rutan, uh, was not badly done. It was it had a little lick. Yeah, it was unique. It was lit from inside, had kind of a modulation of of the light inside. Um, it, it did look like it could be a, a living, green, gooey alien, you know, um, kind of shiny on the outside, like maybe it was droopy, kind of, and a, like a gossamer type skin, like you'd see. Um, 
about silver skin, like over oh, yeah. a piece of meat, yep. actually. Yep. It's kind of a gross analogy, but that's kind of what you, where you see the, where you see like the red through it of the steak, but you, you see the white, what, uh, muscle or tendon tissues over it. And then the gossamer kind of tentacles, uh, leading from it. So it looked creepy and alive. So the effect was good. I find it hard to believe that this ball of goo, of green light, was, which looked about the size of a basketball, maybe, compared to the humans around it. Maybe a little bigger. I might have said Medicine a little bigger, ball. but sure. Huh? Yeah, I might have said a little bigger, but sure. Um, would really be a worthy foe against the Santarans. Yeah, you wouldn't think so. No. Unless, say, the tentacles you just could just whack them right into the, um, the knob in the back of their neck that can... Well, he reached around the neck of... Um, Skinzel. Yes. True. So I guess it could. And from a fair Actually, distance away, too, so... Yeah, they it, do have uh, that. Tentacles are apparently fairly long or stretchy. Like the jellyfish. Yes. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Um, <laughs> yeah, they do have the tentacle advantage, I guess. So. And in fact, it's kind of funny when Doctor tells Lulu, don't shoot till you see the green of its tentacles. Adelaide stopped screaming, but that was one because she fainted, and then because she was electrocuted. Yep. It was kind of sad though that Vince had to die, and right away too. Reuben comes upstairs, smiles at him, and, <laughs> and just kills him, because um, he was the the you know the nice new. Lighthouse keeper is trying to learn the ropes and get along with everybody and um, he saw the fireball come in in the first place and so it's kind of sad that he had to die. And nobody else did I really care about. Yeah. But he was the, the nice uh, local, you know, that you expect to, to be standing there as a doctor where it's like, what do you mean goodbye? And watch the TARDIS disappear, you know. That kind of thing, but no, nothing that really happened. Everybody dies. <laughs> yep. It was uh, a bloodbath. Yeah. Well, an electrocution bath? No. <laughs> Slaughter. Zap bath. Um, they're all zapped. Um. We do get a little humor on the doctor's part as he, you know, he confronts the bad guy. You know, he taunts the, taunts the villain. Yeah, that's about the only humor we had from him in this yeah. whole story, though. Not just this episode, the whole, all four. Yeah. Part. Yeah, he was instead the um, authoritative figure that was directing everyone. Yes. And Trying to and showing, telling that there is this threat, and trying to corral everyone and keep everybody in check and figure out the situation. 
So yeah, there were ways, there was room for that, but it really was needed. Um, that's the only good, really good thing about this, besides Adelaide stopping the, the hysterics. Um, there was weird, a weird thing with the, when they found the diamonds, which took forever. Yeah, it was a total time waster. Totally going through his, his pant, his trouser pockets. His vest pockets. And those diamonds were pockets. not so much larger than the one that was originally offered. No. That it should have made that much difference. No. No, I wouldn't think so. But um, he's almost groping him at one point. Yeah, like, kind of. Just, and then what does the doctor say to him? Body bag or something? Body pocket or something? I don't remember. So that he finds that he's got like a little, like a probably like a pocket strapped underneath his vestments, his vesting or something like that. So Skinsale finally finds him. Um, but that took forever. And yeah, and then when they find him and they spread him out in the doctor's hand from the little black bag they're in, because they're, they must always be in a black velvet bag. Always, oh, yeah. You always see no, them in a black velvet bag. No, they only come in black velvet. What are you talking about? <laughs> Well, almost all the jewelry boxes are black velvet lined. Um, I know because I have several. <laughs> she make fun of me for keeping them, but um, you know they they do. They show off the the contents well. Yeah. But well, only when poured out over them. Well, over yeah. Over the bag, I mean. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. For the in this case, but when they do that, there's a weird tinkling noise. Almost like wind chimes oh. that you hear. Yeah, I didn't notice that. It was, and it kept going on. Just to, like you think it was gone, and then you still hear a little bit. So it was just kind of, no. It's just weird and long. <laughs> and yes, when I was writing with uh, some. But I was like, I had to stretch to think, okay, what, what can I make note about to talk about? Other than the howl around and then the tinkling, because it was, it was bothering me at the time. So. Do we have much else to say? I don't think so. No, that's not true. Um. There were a couple of good things that came out of this. I want to say that. The main one for me was watching the guidance, I guess you could say, that the doctor gives to Leela. Because mm-hmm. honestly, in this episode, Leela's a little over the top with all of the killing she wants to do. Yeah. But pretty much the entire story is... Leela wants to kill something, the doctor tells her no. Leela needs to kill something, the doctor tells her no. Leela looks for weapons to go kill something, the doctor tells her no. <laughs> but having said all of that, especially in this episode, the doctor very firmly tells her that killing is not always the right thing. Right, right. It's not his way. Right. And yet... Everybody dies. <laughs> yeah, everybody dies. 
But not like he killed him. No. Or she killed him. No. But yeah, it's a point actually in his favor that, you know, because the Rutan is just killing everybody indiscriminately and he's trying to tell her that that's wrong. Yeah, so. And she wants to celebrate when when they've killed the bad guy and he tells her, no, that's wrong. So yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> saying no. Yes. <laughs> no, Leela, don't kill. Um, so there, yeah, that is a good thing. I think for overall for the episode, they did a couple nice things with some of the effects. We had a, a nice atmospheric story, subtle on the horror, but I can understand the appeal of that um, to some extent. I think that kind of thing works a little bit better in literature than it does in this story. The alluding to this horror of whatever and or this or that and yeah. but not really knowing not even knowing it what the aliens called until, you know, fifteen minutes into the last episode of the story. Um was just a little too subtle. Yeah. So that kind of thing can work in a gothic horror story on paper, but it wasn't really done. But does it? Well, it can. I mean, because... I guess it can, depending on how well it's done. Yeah. <laughs> Which this obviously wasn't. No, no. Maybe it's that there was nothing keeping us occupied, and... Kept us that kept us from thinking about oh, what's the enemy? Yeah. Maybe that's the problem. We weren't distracted enough by the rest of the story. Because mm-hmm. there wasn't very much. No, no, there wasn't. That was part of it too. Um, but they did do the atmospheric gloominess very well. Um, and I liked the lighthouse set. And the lighthouse set was really I think good. that was pretty well done. Even their costuming was good. Um, Adelaide looked very nice in her uh, period clothing. It's kind of um, some sparkle to her outfit, and but they were on a ocean voyage. Yeah. You know, kind of a big thing. Her boss, Lord Palmerdale, was obviously a very uh, well. A uh, well-off businessman, maybe shady dealings in the financial world, and has drawn in um, uh, Skinsale, Skinsale, uh, into that as well. But uh, they are both in tuxedos, or Skinsale was. I think they both were though. No, they both in Texas. Um, and then the the lighthouse men were in the pea coats and the lumpy sweaters and. I thought they 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 looked the part really well, and I think that for the most part, it, the actors what little did, that we saw of like Ben and Vince, um, they did really well in their parts. So uh, Adelaide's acting was was over the top, but it was probably written that way. So she probably did fine for what they gave her. I just don't think they did her um, her role very well. Yeah, the hysterics was a little. Too much. A little too much. 
but I don't think that was the actress. I think it was what was scripted. And, and possibly the direction, too. Well, okay. And, yes. Yeah. But, yes. Yeah. So. It wasn't entirely the actress, I don't. I, don't, I would never buy that. And for saying how much we miss the comedy of the Doctor, I guess it's not really a bad thing to sometimes see him in his very serious mode. It's just a little better when we get to see more, more of a balance. They shifted, swung way too much into the um, serious, um, not really mean, but serious, no-nonsense um, direction from the doctor mm. um, and less of the humor so like you said there's just one bright spark of it so but once in a while I guess it's not bad to see his very serious nature yeah um, I guess not if you want as, a, as an alternate to a normal episode <laughs> no normal story then watch this one Should we talk about the, the ending now? It's not really oh, a cliffhanger, yeah. but we hadn't yeah, we haven't talked, talked about, about that, that yet. Um, and yes, in my notes, I did write down the phrase, blinded by the light, which immediately makes me be going, having Manfred Mann and his Earth Band song running through my head. Yeah. And probably will be for the rest of the night. <laughs> <clears throat> But the color change, eye color, really? You I, Like I said, you warned me before we started watching the episode, the story. I did. That there was a very ridiculous ending. <laughs> and just how ridiculous it was, but... I tried. I st- it was still so ridiculous, I felt unprepared for that. Really? <laughs> the blinding, I can understand. The looking back, you know, it's going to happen because he said don't look back a couple times. And like Lot's oh. wife, she had to look. Yep. But she was not turned into Saul. <laughs> Doesn't he even say Lot's wife at some point? Uh, maybe. I think it was in one of the earlier ones, earlier episodes. Calls her Lot. I seem to remember that now. Um... So you know she's going to look. The blindness wasn't that ridiculous because um, isn't that the reason that Sarah Jane was blinded temporarily? Was a flash or something? Yes. In the the brain of Morbius? Yes, Morbius. I forget what the actual flash was, but there was something that that, um, caused her to have... Wasn't it the uh, electric machinery bursting? Oh, exploding something like that or something that the sisterhood did uh, maybe flash of the eternal flame or something maybe I don't know exactly yeah, but then either. she was blinded for a while but her eyes didn't change so I have you know he tries to say something about oh interesting effect of um Something, something, pigmentation, not just change. I forget exactly what he said, but 
I don't. I can't think of any reason to go along with how he, a light and a diamond was going to, um, and disabling the ship to explode was going to cause that color change. So there's no, no really, there's no explanation really, is there? No. Okay, there couldn't be any explanation. Huh? Not in story. Okay. Out of story. She was tired of wearing the brown contacts. Yes, and the only reason she was going to stay on the series was that they let her remove them. So. Yep. I guess it was a creative, however ridiculous, solution. Yeah, but in the grand scheme of things, it's a two-second bit. I mean, it's not, it's not that big a deal. It's just silly. Yeah. I'd almost have been happier if he'd just given her a pill that changed her eye color. You know, honestly. Just give her something that changes her eye color and you move on. Yeah. Or some effect of her being away from the face of evil for so long that her eyes are changing. Yeah, something she wasn't eating now. Yeah. You know, Flamingos eat stuff and it turns their their feathers pink. Um, She's not eating what turns her eyes brown anymore. (laughs) So they revert to blue. Okay. (laughs) No, it doesn't doesn't, matter. Yeah. It's fine. It's it's a little ridiculous, but it's a little thing and it's, it's fine. I think it's silly that they made her wear brown contacts in the first place. Yeah. Because no one was going to care. No. Well, I don't think Until they made a big deal out of switching to blue. Yes. Then people care. (laughs) Yes, now they care. Um, Well, some of the other savages, some of the other survey team um, had uh, different colored eyes, I believe. I think... um, Did they? I think um, Caleb, the upstart um, to the leader um, who took control later on, Um, well, he was not blonde blonde, but he was a darker blonde, and I think his eyes were lighter than hers anyway. So, um, kind of. It's like they weren't... They didn't start as savages. They didn't start as just the warriors of the Civitim. Right. They were just, they were from another planet. They were normal humans, so why wouldn't they have a range of um, colors, shapes, sizes, physical attributes? Why do they have to have the, you know, the darker eyes and have this? It's kind of silly just to start with. <clears throat> so now she's lightened up. Yep. And apparently the actress was probably a little happier, so. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? No. I think we both agree. It's overall, <laughs> it was a terrible story. Yeah, I just want to move on to something else. Well, that something else is our next episode The Invisible Enemy. 
features the introduction of a new character that we will come to know and ridicule. Okay. So anyway, that's what we will talk about tomorrow. So join us then, and thank you for listening.